even though we had scaled quite well, I'm not a small thinker. I'm a visionary. I want global domination. I want our product in 30 countries and I want to be one of the best in the industry. And so I knew that if I wanted to do that, I had to learn to master digital strategies mm. and paid advertising because if I didn't, I would never get there. My name's Rudy Moore, host of Living the Red Life podcast, and I'm here to change the way you see your life in your earpiece every single week. If you're ready to start living the red life, ditch the blue pill, take the red pill, join me in Wonderland and change your life. Guys, welcome back to another episode of Living the Red Life, a very special guest. I've had a lot of amazing people on my podcast before, but I've never had a fairy godmother from Australia of all places. So we have the fairy godmother of skin joining us all the way from Australia. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Rudy. So when you're not being called the fairy godmother of skin, what's your name and what do you do? Uh, my name's Stacey Greenwood and I'm a cosmetic chemist and what I do is I get people the skin of their dreams. Great, and when you go to the grocery store, do they call you by your name or the fairy godmother of skin? By my name. Okay, so it's not that, it's not taken over just yet. No, not yet. Okay, well, we'll see what's first, me being called the man in red or you the fairy godmother of skin. So, so I, look, I, I wanted to bring you on because you've been working with us for a long time and we've seen you grow. You know, you're, you're close to that 10 million mark in annual revenue, but more than the revenue side, you've dominated an industry, right? So it's just a matter of time now, not only to cross the 10 million mark, but probably the 100 million and those bigger goals. So can you just tell everyone listening, um, a bit about the company and how disruptive it's become. Okay, so we started the company 10 years ago, um, literally from my kitchen table, and it was because I couldn't find anything on the market for my skin. So I originally self-taught myself cosmetic chemistry, and then I decided maybe I should get the piece of paper. Mm. So we did that, and so I had been getting told for years that my products were ahead of their time. Mm -hmm. And originally when people were telling me, I lacked that confidence in myself. I really didn't think that I was that good with what I did. And it wasn't until about 2019 when my suppliers started seeing my before and after photos and they were like, wow. And I could see that they were so visibly shocked. Yep. And that's when I realized I had a gift. And I just thought everyone got these results and they said, no, they didn't. And so my whole world really changed in uh, 22 when I entered an award called the LA Awards. And it's um, by Cosmetics and Toiletries, which is the leading industry magazine and resource for chemistry okay. and for all brands. And it's literally known as the Oscars of Cosmetic Innovation. And with major imposter syndrome, I entered. And not expecting to come anywhere. I actually thought, you're never going to come anywhere. In fact, I left my entry till the very <laughs> last day and put myself under so much pressure to put it in. And so then we were told we were in the finals and I screamed the house down because I was like, oh my God. Yeah. And then to learn that we'd actually won was just like, such a solidification of my skill and my ability mm -hmm. as a chemist and for our brand, it just catapulted us. Yeah, yeah. And I think what's funny about that is I t teach a lot of people 
there's generally in, in business life a few hockey stick moments, right? There's steady growth, and then there's a few hockey stick moments. And it sounds, <clears throat> you know, after the years of you doing this, that was one of the hockey stick moments. Mm. And obviously, I've known you in those last couple of years. Yes. And then, you know, every time we speak, there's this new distribution channel or a new award you're winning <laughs> or whatever, right? So talk about a little... Um, you know, what, what you've done in the last couple of years and how you've grown the company and all the awards and the marketing strategies behind it. So um, we started entering, as soon as I became aware of it, I started entering awards because I realised the recognition and the third party endorsement and credibility mm -hmm. it gives you. Um, and so the first award I went for was the Australian Financial Review Fast 100. And I found that from someone else who had actually entered it. And I realised when I did the math, because I worked backwards and worked out what the, the last person on the list actually got, and I went, that's what the minimum I need okay. to hit was. So I actually strategically targeted it, and I knew we were going to come in it because our revenue was already um, where it needed to be. And it was four years of compounding growth to enter those awards. So it's not just one good year, yeah, yeah. it's four good years. And then... I looked for other ones that we could actually enter as well, allowing me to make claims such as the fastest growing beauty brand in Australia, the fastest growing beauty brand in Asia Pacific. Yeah. And this year we entered the Fast Global, which was for export, and we came in at 43 on a list of 50. So that now allowed me, allowed me to make the claim fastest growing beauty exporter mm -hmm. from Australia. So for me, it's all about perception everyone knows this in business it, it's it's not what reality is it's what people perceive you as yeah. and that external validation for the awards and the growth and everything uh, actually drew a lot of interest to us not just from prospective clinic owners and customers but also from the banks yep. who then gave me increased funding mm. Because they wanted to yep. be on the ride and they wanted to be part of our journey. Well, and that's what's crazy about like branding PR and the sort of things I teach too is people often look at just the ROI. And mm -hmm. it's like you can't always measure some things directly. And I spoke with Kevin Harrington on stage yep. about this, right? It's like that one thing with Celsius and that story could have led to tens or yep. hundreds of millions. And, and that's the difference with most entrepreneurs. They can't see the big picture. They just mm. see the hammer and nail, whereas the creative people can see all the ways to use it. And you're obviously great at that. And I know right after this, you're actually going to teach some of the cast on my TV show, some of the startup e-com brands, how you're using awards and positioning your brand. And, and I think understanding how to leverage it like you did, it's not just like, oh, I can do a Facebook ad now. It's like, actually, this could change my whole business because now I can yeah. get bigger credit lines and I can order more inventory and I can expand in America or get into a grocery store, right, or, or whatever, a beauty store. And, and those could be the small, subtle differences in one decision that could actually change your life or your business life, right? Absolutely. Like one of the, the biggest things I found from entering the awards was all of the publicity and mm -hmm. the backlinks that I got from it, especially like the major ones. So like prior to me entering these awards, there was some um, you know, Google searchability yeah. of me, but now I've got under just under 50,000 searches that Crazy. come up from my name yeah. and my business has even more. But I think it's also too like, you know, every business owner should be thinking of an exit strategy. I mean, mm. if they're an entrepreneur, that's what they should be doing. Yeah. And those third party endorsements of winning the awards and all of the backlinks and everything give so much credibility to your your business yep. in itself. And so it actually adds to the value of the business. Mm -hmm. um, and so for me, like now that I've started down the PR branding 
marketing. It, to me, it's like it's a necessary thing. Mm -hmm. It's not just about the Facebook ads. It's also about having that brand. And so, as you said, you can't really put a tangible yeah. value on it but it's priceless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I see the same with me, right? Like it might be a business award I've won, but for me, it could be like, hey, I wasn't going to go to this event, but I ended up taking the speaking gig and they didn't pay me much. But in the green room, I met Les Brown and then, you know, we went on and changed the world or made millions and millions of dollars. And it, it is literally sometimes like, hey, I wasn't going to go, but something inside me said, oh, let's just, just go, who cares, you know, no matter what, let's go and let's figure it out. And that's actually the reason I was telling some of the members last night why I moved to Miami. I learned that if I can just get a, take a car or an Uber to an event versus a flight, I'm going to go to way more events. And it's just a numbers game for me, like the networking side, because I'm kind of past the business side where I have to sit and write the next funnel, right? Like once you build to 100 staff like me, it's all about who you know and then the rooms and you're obviously getting to a point of that too, right? Where you're here in America network yep. and you're going to see manufacturers and logistic companies and you're starting to do that CEO-like stuff versus yep. in the business. But let's move to in the business because I know you are still in the business. Yes. What are some of the marketing tactics and strategies you've used to grow to millions of dollars so quickly? Um, so one has been positioning myself as an expert. Yep. So when I um, first started, I actually started my own Facebook group and I invited people from my industry into it and I from there educated and that's how I got well known mm. and that's how I actually broke the American market which I know for some Australian companies they're still trying to mm. do that they're like how did you break it and I said it just happened yeah. and then because I presented my knowledge they're like you come over and teach and I'm like really and I'm like I had never taught in my life sure. so I booked a room had 40 people in there they told me afterwards it was the best training they'd ever had. And then I confessed I'd actually never done it before. <laughs> and they went, you're a natural. So I'm like, fantastic. Yep. So it just sort of grew from there. And for most of our business, we didn't actually do advertising. And whilst word of mouth is great, there's no predictability to mm. it. And even though we had scaled quite well, I'm not a small thinker. I'm a visionary. I want global domination. I want our product in 30 countries. Um, and I want to be one of the best in the industry. And so I knew that if I wanted to do that, I had to learn to master digital strategies mm. and paid advertising. Because if I didn't, I would never get there. Yeah, great. And, and that's another thing I think mean, a lot of entrepreneurs, they see something and they just go, I'm not good at it. Yeah. And then it's like, and I always say, it's like, you can't say you're like, just not good at it and just say, I'm not going to do it. Right. It's yeah. kind of like saying, Hey, I need to go to the gym, but I don't like the gym. Cause it's like, you know, eventually it's going to catch up with you where, you know, if you don't have a driving license and you need to drive to work, you're going to have to figure out how to learn to drive. Right. Like, and in, and in business, not knowing marketing and just saying, I don't know marketing and I'm just going to always hire it. It's like, you need to know enough to be dangerous. You know, yep. like, that's what I always say. Maybe you're not going to be the CMO setting up the ads and, you know, that's not your area of genius, but you need to know how do I hire the right people? How do I make sure the strategy, you Absolutely. know, and, and even when you look at or Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos, they're all great creative marketers in some capacity, right? And, and they have influ influence in how the brand is positioned and marketed. So, um, yeah, that's, I mean, one thing I love because, 
you know, you're an expert in the industry, but then you're now building the skills and, and yep. actually in the ad manager when you need to be and figuring this out. And, <clears throat> you know, I get on with you and you're on a Zoom call with your team and then you're like a month later, I just took it back over, right? You're not afraid to just dive in and get it yep. done. And that's what it takes in entrepreneurship is like sometimes, you, you know, you want to delegate, you want to build the systems and empower the team. But then when it's not going where it needs to go, you have to dive in and get it done. Yep. So, so let's talk about failures. We've talked a lot about, you know, different marketing strategies, awards, wins, hyper growth. But I always love on this show to talk also about, you know, no path to success is easy. And there's a lot of um, missteps along the way and failures. So I would love to, and I know you're, you've got a lot of inventory right now. So let's maybe start there. Um, so the failures or the biggest learning lesson for me probably for 23 was I, I blindly and, and it's a good and bad trait really because sure. I'm a huge risk taker yeah, yeah. but I I geared up for uh, a TV presentation that never happened and so I ended up buying 1.3 million worth of inventory and this is just finished uh, like raw materials this is not finished good so it's raw materials and so it's like five or ten million of inventory correct yeah. correct and so I um it was a huge learning curve for me. It had me scrambling, trying to work out how I was going to pay for this. And as hard as it was at the same time, I would probably never do it again. Mm-hmm. But it also taught me how resourceful I am yep. and how my risk tolerance is way more than I thought it was um, and my ability to think strategically and creatively. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the ultimate secret for an entrepreneur. It's never a lack of resources. It's a lack of creativity yeah. mm-hmm. in how you can actually do it. They're not resourceful enough. So, um, yeah, my first business actually was at 12 mm. and I propositioned my geography and history teacher to iron their, sh- their um, clothes. <laughs> Because I could not afford ballet lessons and my parents were both priests and they had no money. So it's always about creativity with anything that you want to do. So, yeah, that was a huge learning lesson. We've still got quite a bit of stock. But again, like we're strategizing how we can now move that, um, propositioning it for like Mother's Day with other additional products and things. So, yeah. Very big learning curve. Well, it's a couple of things that are funny um, and not so funny, but, you know, last year for me, we had nearly a whole month of revenue froze by the bank or the merchant and the bank. So it kind of similar to you in a different way, right? Like, hey, we got all this money coming in this month. Oh, no, we don't. And, uh, yeah, that caused us many months of disruption and, and kind of wiped our year out in many ways. And we had lots of progression in other ways. But, you know, after that, you just you kind of get elevated to a new level because yeah. it's kind of like, some, you know, my HR diet director or COO walking really got a big problem and then they tell it me and it's like so small now because when you have these bit you know and we also had an IRS audit in the same year and we had one of our um, managers of a company steal money from me so I had a few things compound and then it's like but and it's it's, you know going through these situations are tough but like you said you come out on top if you keep going right like because you realize how creative you are but also you get like one level of like a thicker skin, I feel, mm. on you, right? So, Absolutely. you know, for the next 10 years now, you know, if something, if you, if you have 50 grand or 100 grand of inventory delayed or whatever, it's like, well, I remember this time that I had $5 million of extra inventory. So this is nothing compared to that, you know? 
Um, so, I, so I do love that. And I think one other funny thing is a lot of marketers, one of the most successful strategies that a lot of e-commerce brands run is overstock. We had a whole truck of delivers, you know, items we never ordered and it was ordered by accident. And most of the time they're lying. But at least you can do that for real now. Yes, yes, know? definitely, definitely. So the product in question actually is ironically in the finals for cosmetic innovation. Oh, well, that's at least, So yeah. I don't have any doubt we're actually yeah, going to sell out yeah, of that's it. That's good, yeah. yeah. Well, and Kevin talked about yesterday, Kevin Harrington from Shark Tank, that one of his first partnerships that messed up, the person ordered like, half a million dollars of stock that wasn't a, an item that even sold. So at yep. least you got an item, your top seller or one of, right? That's that's a great thing. So any other words of wisdom as we come to the end of today, entrepreneurs, e-commerce brand owners that want to build it like you and become one of the top brands in a whole industry, right, of a whole continent, what would you say to them? Um, first, you have to believe in yourself because mm -hmm. if nobody else does, if you don't believe in yourself, yep. no one else will. But you truly have to know a little bit about copywriting, a little bit about marketing, mm -hmm. even if you don't personally do it. Um, you need to understand enough to know whether you're hiring a dud yes. or not. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I also believe, like this is just my view, that marketing is salesmanship in print. Sure, 100%. Yeah. And so to me, I think if you don't like selling, then why would you go into business? Like yeah. to me, it's putting people <laughs> out of pain. So... I think for me, if they were questioning personally, um, you are the only coach, honestly, that has ever given us the support right. that we needed from a marketing perspective. And whilst mindset's crucial, sometimes you need the strategies and tactics. Yep. And to me, that's the thing that just pushes you that little bit more on course to going in the right directions. Yeah, so. it's definitely, you know, I've learned over the year, it's both, right? Like yep. you can't have one without the other, but you do, and you do need both. And we see a lot of people with great tactics, but they just, they don't have the right mindset, Correct. so they'll never win, right? Yep. And then you see the other side of the spectrum where they have like the exact right mindset, but they have no team, no systems, they don't yep. know how to implement, and they can't write funnels, copies, or ads, and they don't, and they don't win either. So no. definitely the powerful combination. And just to follow up from that question, last question, you know, you get to work pretty closely with me, one-on-one -on -one with me mm -hmm. and the team. What are some of the biggest things you've learned working with us over the couple of years? Um, I think for me, honestly, the biggest take home I've had was on Facebook ads because we had previously not done them and we'd grown our brand through word of mouth. There was that fear factor. And even mm. though I thought I'd overcome all of my mental mindset sure. objections, yeah, yeah. Um, actually coming and realizing, crap, you're really not doing this well, Jason. Like I would put up an ad and then if it wasn't making money within three days, I'd pull it down. And so having now that knowledge of what to expect when you're putting up ads and how much you need to be spending. Like our current ads are doing 11 times return on ads, but I'm pretty yeah. stoked with that. Mm -hmm. um, and we just keep getting better and better at doing what we're doing. So when I first started, I wasn't getting that. Yep. But as I've practiced and refined, it's just got even more. Great. And, and, and last question then. So uh, to wrap up today, um, if people want to find the fairy godmother of skin, I know they go to Australia, but where else can they go online? Um, probably the best one is Instagram. Okay. So Rococo Botanicals um, is our company name yep. and it's R-O-C-C-O-C-O. Great. I appreciate you coming on and traveling all this way and I hope you had an amazing weekend and it's been amazing to watch your growth and Thank you. hopefully everyone got some value from all your lessons too. Wonderful. Thanks Until so much, Until next Rudy. time, guys, keep living the red life. Thank you.